What's up, everyone? This is episode 254 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my X account is at Wax Museum PC. All right, well, this week has been an adventurous week for the hobby. If you are a regular user of social media, you've already seen the image LeBron posted that featured some sort of Fanatics paperwork, and then I think Michael Rubin posted a trailer that was narrated by LeBron as well, with the end result being us seeing that, yes, there is some sort of LeBron James Fanatics or some sort of LeBron James Bowman autograph, which we've already anticipated that to some degree. That news kind of leaked out earlier. I'm not going to do a big segment on that right now. I don't feel like there's much more to say. Uh, It almost mirrors my thoughts on the Tom Brady autographs because I'm happy he's signing more and more collectors will have access to them. At the same time, it's going to come at a great cost. And no, I'm not talking about for the people that already own those autographs. I don't want people gatekeeping autographs. I love people having more access to LeBron James autographs, but um, I'm just, I'm, I'm cautious about it. And I think this is another big move from fanatics to distract from the fact that their cards are declining in quality. If you want to hear any more about that, you can just replay my conversation with Eric from episode 251. That's really all I'm going to say about that for right now. In addition to the LeBron news, there have been quite a few 2023-24 Prism cards that have made their way to eBay despite the projected release date of, I think, later in January, maybe even early in February for retail, but that stuff is showing up in some places. I don't know anywhere near you. I don't know if that's going to be a widespread thing or just a, a small isolated incident, but anyway, there's Prism stuff that's out there now. The Victor Wimbanyama rookie picture is pretty underwhelming, in my opinion, uh, I know, you know, there's been photo shoot stuff in the past, but this one seems a little bit different with that curtain there. I don't know. It just, it just seems off to me. But as always, I suggest you try to find a picture of it and form your own thoughts on it. I think Prism is what it is at this point. I'll pick up some of the singles because I like the continuity. I think this is what, our 12th year with the product. So I'll rip a blaster or two for old time's sake, and then I'll be ready to move on. Uh, Speaking of moving on, before I get too far removed from last week's episode, I want to thank those of you that reached out following my conversation with Dan. Over the course of doing this show, it seems like I've become friends with a lot of Celtics fans, and I know Sholey has even gone as far to say I am a closet Celtics fan, and I have a secret Celtics PC. I don't know about that. I think they just have a lot of top 75 guys, which in that case... I guess it kind of makes me a closet Lakers fan and Lakers collector too. Anyway, thanks to those of you who reached out about last week's show, so I had a lot of fun with that one as well. I've also been having a lot of fun with a 2022 product in recent weeks. Despite the brutal breaks you may have seen on my YouTube channel as of late, believe it or not, I have really gotten into Flux. Yes, that's right, a product I've openly mocked in the past where a lot of the base cards look like your old Hulked out Top's Finest cards. Now, obviously I still don't like everything about Flux, but I've given it another chance. It's grown on me quite a bit, and in today's main segment, I'm going to talk about how all of that went down and that whole discovery process, so you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. But first, how about some mail? Actually, I say that, I'd like to start today's mail day 
with a mail day that didn't happen. And no, I'm not complaining about it. The only reason I'm even talking about it is because I need your help. This weekend, someone sent me a Mercari listing for a Topps Big Game Jumbo 101 patch for Ron Artest. It was one of the ends in the word Indiana. And uh, really what happened here is one of my old purchases kind of came back to haunt me in the form of a new comp. Maybe some of you guys can relate to that. Anyway, I was trying to negotiate a new price with the seller. I offered them a certain amount that I still felt was more than fair, and they sold it to someone else for a small percentage more. And these patches are one of the main wants for my PC, and they rarely ever show up for the pacer. So needless to say, I was kind of bummed out. All of that is to say, if you know who purchased this card, or you see it at a show or listed somewhere online, please, please, please let me know. I don't do this often, but consider this my own personal version of Collector Classifieds. All right, on to our regularly scheduled programming, the mail. The mail I actually did get. The first package I want to talk about is one that came directly from Panini. It had five copies of a Panini Instant Base card of Tyrese Halliburton. Featuring that November game I went to in Atlanta, I did a whole segment on it. You guys probably remember that. Now, I didn't necessarily need five of them, but it's hard to justify paying $10 a card and then paying an extra $10 shipping on top of that. So I had a discount code, and I think I ended up getting these five for like 35 bucks. So I could either do one for 20 or five for 35 I'll do the 5 for 35. I'm sure I have a few different binders I could make a good spot for them in. And as it turns out, not many people ordered these, as there were only 59 copies printed. Seeing as I bought 5 of them, that's almost 10% of the print run. With that being said, just because something's rare doesn't in itself make it desirable. But the draw to me, of course, was the fact that I drove all the way to Atlanta and attended that game. And it was an awesome game. I think Tyrese had 26 in the third quarter. Both teams scored over 150 points. I still hear people reference that game in national podcasts like Zach Lowe and other people. Um, I just wish the image on the card reflected the excitement of the game. And that's been my one big critique of, of Panini Instant over these last few years. The whole premise behind it is that they're capturing specific moments or performances, yet a lot of these cards feature generic dribbling pictures. A lot of times Panini also offers autographed versions of the cards in the set if they have stickers of that particular player in stock. Uh, I know they have Halliburton stickers, so I was a little surprised they didn't offer an autographed version for this one. Well, you know what? I prefer to try and get it signed myself anyway. I got Tyrese to sign his instant card from a Miami game I went to last year, and hopefully I can do the same with one of these. Okay, the second piece of mail I want to talk about is a 2006-2007 Topps Chrome Gold Refractor of Steven Jackson, numbered 5 of 25. I've been working on my Gold Refractor binder on and off for maybe four years now, and, and, and keep in mind, that includes some I already owned as well. So some of these cards are, I've still owned, you know, 20 years. You would think I would be pretty much done with it by now, but there have been a few players that have eluded me, including this Steven Jackson. I bid on and lost multiple copies of this card, and it seems like the price goes up every time. In fact, there was another copy I lost out on a couple weeks ago. I saw this one and assumed it was a relist, like everything else is now. You guys, once again, can probably relate to that. Um, it will be interesting to see 
if the whole automatic payments thing can help with that whole relist situation. Anyway, I assume this one was a relist. It turns out there were actually two copies that showed up in a short amount of time. And thankfully, I was able to grab one. I think I've said it on here or on my YouTube channel several times before, but the 2006 Topps Chrome Golds have the best shine out of all of them, hands down. So that makes them special to me. And on top of that, they're numbered to 25, which is considerably less than all the other years. Um, like I said, I've been doing this project for a while. I went through my Pacers binder and my gold chrome checklist uh, with the addition of this 06 Jackson. I'm now done with the 03, 04, 05, and I'm going to say I'm done with the 06 set. I don't actually have the Sean Williams autograph. Um, I don't like including autos and mem cards in my gold sets, so I don't include those on my checklist. So if, if you want to get technical here, I no, I'm not done with 06, but the way I decided to collect it, yes, I am done. Once again, maybe you can relate. Uh, now, 2007 then, didn't have golds. For 2008, I need Jamal Tinsley and Roy Hibbert. And then for 2009, I still need Tyler Hansborough, and that's one that doesn't show up often at all. Uh, you know, it feels like, hey, it's only three cards. That's great. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of those don't show up at all this year. Maybe they all only show up once. Doesn't mean I'm going to put in mega bids on them, but uh, I am going to try and win them if they show up. So hopefully they do. So maybe you guys could help keep an eye out for that. All right, before I move into today's main segment, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com, your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 33 million cards, from basketball's biggest stars like LeBron James and Kevin Durant to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. Okay, and then real quick, some of you have asked me for ways you can help support this show. The easiest way is my eBay affiliate link. And using this link costs you absolutely nothing. Just an extra 30 seconds or so of your time. But it helps support the show. To access this link, simply go to waxmuseumpodcast.com, click the eBay logo, shop as planned. So whatever you are going to buy anyway, just click my link first, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! Okay, so to put today's main segment into perspective, I pulled two different tweets I published exactly two years apart. And I didn't even realize that until I started piecing this episode together. But on December 29th, 2021, I tweeted out, Everyone has preferences. Is there anyone out there that genuinely likes Flux? And that was, of course, implying that there's not. And since then, I, like I've mentioned earlier, I think I've criticized the Incredible Hulk-like green tent on some of the cards multiple times. Well, then recently, on December 29th of 2023, I posted a tweet that read as follows. Okay, I've been sucked into the flux rabbit hole. I think it might be time to go pick up some blasters. And I followed that up with the shrug emoji. And by the way, I did pick up said blasters. Uh, it wasn't good. More on that later on. The point of those two tweets, though, like I said, is to give you some perspective for the monologue that's about to follow. Well, I still don't like everything about flux, 
I've done a complete 180 on the product. And that pivot has been in large part because the product helped fits the quote, new needs of my collection and the direction it's had to take in this last year or two. And I'm going to talk you through that process. So if you leave this segment today and all you heard is someone saying, buy this product, you've got it wrong. This product might not be for you. It's definitely not for you if you like opening product and getting some sort of value back in return. That's something I discovered this week. But maybe your collecting has changed in recent years and a similar pivot to something else might be in the cards. And that's for you to decide. Okay, so this all started with the excitement that's been generated around this current Pacers roster and more specifically, Tyrese Halliburton. And yes, he did get hurt this week. Thankfully, it looks like it's a grade one sprain, so he might be out like 10-ish games. I'm hoping no more than that. So anyway, uh, potentially great news about Tyrese, all things considered. But when Tyrese is playing, every time I sit on the couch and watch him put up, you know, 26 points a quarter or a four-point play against the Celtics or back-to-back 20 assist performances, every time I see that, I want to buy cards. And I haven't felt that way in a long time. That doesn't mean I make purchases every game, but it means I'm hyper-focused in looking for stuff I feel fits my collection, like um, gold prism cards. I think a Halberton prism gold would look great in my gold binder that I referred to in today's mail segment. Well, apparently other people are really excited to watch him too, because the last, uh, I'm going to call it true prism gold card, I know people don't like that phrase, but the last true prism gold sold in the $900 range. And I wasn't going anywhere near that high. Uh, That's not throwing shade at anyone. I just feel like I could get a lot of other nice cards for the same price. Uh, When I say a lot, like 30, right? Like 30 nice cards for that price. So for the time being, I settled on the Flux Fluctuations Cracked Ice Gold Parallel that cost me somewhere in the $65 range. You might remember me talking about that one a couple weeks ago. I like it mainly because it pictures a game I went to in Miami last season. Uh, All of that is to say, there's not a lot of nice Halliburton Pacers stuff out yet, and the stuff that has hit the market still seems really, really pricey. So then I thought, you know, maybe some of this Kings rookie stuff isn't all that bad. Obviously, it won't have a Pacers logo on it, but uh, I do think it's appropriate for me to have something with the rookie logo at the same time. And hey, rookie cards have an important place in our hobby. If I still like this player, I think that works. So I searched and I searched until finally I landed on the Flux Titan Silver Parallel. I've read some stuff about those before, but never actually owned one. I came very close to pulling the trigger on one last season. I decided to wait. After a little bit of hunting this time around, I was able to land one in the $50 range. And it's nice. I like it. I'm not blown away by it, but I'm branching out and trying to figure out what I like, and it helps narrate his career in the process. Well, that, of course, wasn't going to put an end to my Halliburton searching, because when you collect a certain player or a certain team, that's just not how it works, especially when you really enjoy the hunt. So as I continued my daily Halliburton searches, I discovered then that he also had a Titan parallel in the 2022 product, this time in a Pacers uniform. So I picked up the purple scope first off the line version, and that allowed me to get a good look at that particular parallel in hand. So I feel like, you know, I don't really pay attention to this stuff until I want it. So maybe I've seen it at a show. I don't remember seeing it. I wanted to see one in hand. Sometimes it's just easier to buy it 
and decide if you want it. And if you don't, you're not bound to it. You can still get rid of it and sometimes even make your money back or more. So um, I had that card now. In that process, another card that intrigued me was a 2022 Flux Parallel called Sunrise. And like I mentioned earlier, to me, Flux was always the product that had the Titan inserts that people talk about and then the green tinted cards. But this Sunrise Parallel, after looking at it, and, and granted I only saw it online, it didn't look all that bad to me. There were only a couple copies on eBay, so it seemed kind of rare. So I started to uh, warm up to the idea a little bit. I didn't buy one. I still haven't bought one yet, although I intend to. I do want one now. I will say that. But I started asking questions about this Sunrise Parallel on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And someone mentioned to me that they thought they ran about one per hobby box. So I was intrigued, to say the least. And by this point, everything was kind of starting to add up. I'd purchased the Cracked Ice Gold... I'd purchased the two Titan Parallels. I was looking at this Sunrise. I saw there was a pretty nice looking blue parallel as well. I do like chromium blue stuff. I do have a binder for a Prism, a Select, and Optic blue parallels of the Pacers. And after looking at all this stuff and, and considering all this, I thought, you know what? Maybe I like Flux. And I think that's what prompted the I've gone down the rabbit hole, I want to rip some blasters tweet I referenced earlier. But before I did, I wanted to develop a good understanding of what cards were in each configuration because maybe there were hangers, maybe there were mega boxes, maybe there were blasters. Well, it turns out uh, there are blasters, there are megas, there are the uh, lucky envelopes, which are not all that lucky, and then there are hobby boxes, and then, of course, first off the line. I discovered that they all, for the most part, had different case hits. Hobby boxes then had the true golds and most of the numbered parallels, all of the Mojo stuff, though, including the Mojo Golds numbered to 10, were in the Blasters. And then all of the Cracked Ice, including the Cracked Ice Golds numbered to 10, were in the Megas. So I kind of like that, because even if it is an extreme long shot, you can get something out of retail. I appreciate that. Kind of reminds me of another product that I did a 180 on at one point, which was Status. You've heard me talk all about Status. Um, so yes, it, it, you know, it could happen. Well, um, doing that study there ruled Megas out for me pretty quick because, number one, there weren't very many packs in them. The ice stuff doesn't appeal much to me. I don't, you know, the red ice cards, I'm not chasing those. And then the Megas themselves have gotten fairly expensive. And then I wasn't patient enough to wait for a hobby box at that moment, so I said, you know what, that leaves blasters. And I got in the car with Mrs. Wax Museum, and we went and we found four blasters. And I intended on grabbing three of them. I don't know why. That's just, I went in thinking, hey, I want to open three blasters. Well, there were four. And as that last one kind of sat there on the shelf, I, I kind of gave her that look. And she said, hey, you know, I'd hate for you to leave that last blaster. Well, you know, I can't argue with that, right? Mrs. Wax Museum is obviously right in that case. So I ended up grabbing all four. As is usually the case with wax, value-wise, I got destroyed demolish, whatever you want to say. The only real distinct card I pulled was a Corey Kispert Red Mojo number to 99. And I, you know, I haven't looked it up. That's probably a two to three dollar card. However, it was a good learning process and it gave me a greater appreciation for the product overall. In addition to that, it confirmed for me that I like this newer version of Flux a lot better than the previous version from 2020. That's right. There was no 2021 Flux. It was just, I think, a, an insert in Chronicles draft. 
So there wasn't an NBA version of 2021 Flux. So there's 2020 and 2022. The 2020 version had a bunch of junk pulsars and it was kind of pandemic era stuff. Um, the tent on the new one, to me, doesn't look as bad as some of the cards. Although, granted, there are different colors to those base cards. Like, some base cards have a yellow tent, some have green, some have purple, some have, I think, like a, a teal or light blue. The yellow and the purple look better. But anyway, all of that is to say, I like the 2022 stuff better. I think it looks a lot better. So, after I ripped those blasters, I was really itching to rip a hobby box. Once again, I fully understood the risk but I wanted to see some of the hobby-exclusive stuff in person. Before I looked into them too much, I checked out a break online. And the box I watched had a Green Zion Parallel number to 5, which was nice, and then the one auto, because it was one auto per box, the one auto was Gabe Vincent. Nothing against Gabe Vincent, but I figured it couldn't get much worse than that. And, okay, it is that time of year, though, where I get gift cards for Christmas, and I got to thinking, hey, I've got a couple Amazon cards. I'm very careful about buying boxes on Amazon. I've bought stuff on there before that was resealed. But I saw Charm Cities on there. I, I do, I trust them. I don't have any affiliation with them, but I trust them from what I've heard and what I've experienced. They had boxes on there in the $120 range. Um, so seeing as most of it was funded by the gift card, I decided to go for it. And it shouldn't be a surprise that that box was disastrous value-wise as well. You can see that on my YouTube channel. If you like watching Disappointment, that's a uh, great video for you. I did not get a single numbered card. And guess what my only auto was? If you said Gabe Vincent, you're correct. It was an absolutely brutal box. But it did give me a chance to see some of the hobby-only parallels in hand. I got one of the Sunrise parallels I talked about earlier. That looked great. I got a, a parallel called Moonlight. I thought that looked great as well. I like the fact that there's a theme here, and most of these parallels are ones you won't find in any other product. It's not the same neon green disco stuff again and again and again. At this point, I'd looked at enough and opened enough Flux to know that I wanted to start a little Flux project. So I pulled up the checklist on Trading Card Database, and I found a list of all 19 parallels, which is a lot, but not nearly as bad as some of the other Chromium products. And I also thought to myself, you know what, just because a bunch of parallels exist, that doesn't mean I have to chase all of them. We've kind of been conditioned at this point that we got to have it all. I said, you know what, if I don't want it, I don't, I shouldn't have to feel like I have to chase it. If I don't like red ice, why am I buying red ice? So I chose the eight that I liked the most that I thought were attainable at the same time, and that in turn will allow me to make a binder page. I can put the base card in slot one and fill the rest of the page with the parallels that I like. And I want to do that for each pacer in the set, uh, which would be seven players total. And then if I'm fortunate enough to track any of the super rare stuff down, or I happen to pull some of those ice parallels that are less desirable to me, I can still find a spot for those on the backside of each page. So that gives me a little bit of maneuverability there. All right, so anyway, that's it today. Kind of a short segment here, but that's my story about how I eventually came to like a product that I once hated. And it was really a combination of factors that prompted that 180, but I wouldn't have even given the new Flux a chance had my collecting needs not changed quite a bit over the last year and a half. I suppose some of these forced changes are a good thing because it's prompting me 
to reevaluate what I like and what I want to chase. And you're probably going to see me ripping some more of this product or, dare I say, reluctantly even jumping into a break every now and then. I haven't done it yet, but I've been tempted. I'm not advising you to do so uh, when it comes to flux. I think there's a good chance you'll get killed value-wise like I have so far. I would, however, suggest that you take a moment this week to think about a product that maybe you've hated for a while now. Go back and take another look at it. Look through that checklist. Look and see how the cards were distributed. Learn more about the case hits. Things might appeal to you more so now than they did at one time. And if you do a similar 180 on a product, I'd love to hear about it. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or X under the handle at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Hit up the website for my affiliate links. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.